0: Welcome to Peace Lab Podcast. Each week, we will explore how we can create more well-being and positive changes through ancient wisdom and contemporary science. We will also share the unique stories of individuals who are already doing so to create more peace and joy for themselves and also for others. I am your host, Elva Jung, So now let's begin. Hi everyone, I had the great pleasure to speak to Lou Ern, whom I first met through a project involving working with international students. Lou works as a project manager in the education technology space, is a study Melbourne ambassador supporting international students in Victoria. Outside her day job, Lou is also a podcast host on the Glow Coast Podcast. So in our conversation today, Lu shared with me her own journey of leaving her home country, Vietnam and her own trials and tribulations of finding her feet in a new city and new country. It was very interesting to hear Lu's personal experience with COVID-19 and how she landed her first job at the start of the COVID-19 pandemic and continued to thrive in her job. Maybe that's why when I asked her what was her biggest learning gained from the COVID-19 pandemic, she said, it has been the best two years of my life. So in a way, the past two years was a bit like a right passage for Lou, transforming from international student into independent adulthood. So her personal experience was a great reminder how we can always find blessings in the seeming dark places i hope you enjoy this episode thank you hi everyone welcome to peace lab podcast again and i'm elva the host and today i'm very excited to speak to lu Eun, who is a friend and a lifelong learner who is very passionate about international education. And she herself is also a fellow podcast host from the Glow Coast podcast. Hello, Lou. Hi, Elva. Oh, that's an amazing introduction. Thank you. Oh, because you are amazing. (laughs) Of course, you know. (laughs) Yeah. So thank sweet. you so much for joining the um, peace up conversation and today, and especially on a beautiful Friday. And mm. how
1: are you doing today? I'm just curious. Oh yeah, thank you. I mean, thanks for having me. This is awesome. Um, I haven't actually done a like collaboration I would call like this before. Um, and it's actually my day off today, so I'm very excited. Um, most first and foremost, and I'm feeling great because I just did a little workout before we chatted. So. You know, it's always good to get endorphins going. and That's right. You yeah. Um, yeah, I'm feeling productive, actually. You know, it's just uh, just a day off, but I have a lot of things on my list. I'm slowly ticking them off. So feeling great.
0: Yeah, thank you and this, for spending an hour or 45 minutes with us, with me. And uh, yeah, so before I start, I'm mean, just a little tradition at the Peace Lab. Um, podcast we do a mini grounding exercise with every single guest almost mm. so would you like to join me especially you already have your endorphin pumping in your body and the mind we might just help if um, further along you know generate oh, more yeah if that's okay oh absolutely i love that let's yeah, go for it great so all i'm asking is find a very comfortable spot on your chair or sofa and make sure your body is is strongly supported by the feet, the feet is supported by the ground beneath you or the floor, and your bottom is supported by the chair or sofa you're sitting in right now. And I invite you to gently close your eyes and relax your hands over your lap. Because are just very simple, start paying attention to the tip of our nose. And we're going to just breathe naturally first. Feel that cooling air coming into our nostrils, and then send it down to the throat, the chest, and to our abdomen. And as we're breathing out, the waist air traveling backwards from the chest, the throat, leaving the body from our nostrils again. So a simple interchange, breathing and out, in and out, in and out. And you may even wish to place your hands over your belly so you can feel that visceral sensation of your body is synchronizing with your breath. Your belly rises and the falls, rises and the falls, like the ocean waves, coming and out, in and out. Allow our body to sinking into the chair, not because we are burdened or tired, but merely because we're focusing on our body and our breath. We're so busy these days, so it's nice even just take some time out to connect with our breath, with our body, to center ourselves to remind ourselves no matter what, no matter how chaotic our external world might seem to be, we always have a place of solace within ourselves. Now, Lou, I invite you, see if you wanted to set an intention of our conversation today. It might be a word popping in your head, a song, a phrase, a color. Doesn't really matter. Just to set a mini intention for the next 30, 40 minutes. And it's very spontaneous. You don't have to share with me, but for me, it's it's interesting. I see blue sky and the clouds, a sense of that expansiveness is the feeling I get. And I feel I can learn a lot from your journey today and from our conversation to expand my own awareness. So expansion is the word I pick. That open-mindedness. Then we take another breath in and out. In and out. We are going to slowly come back to our screen and open our eyes with a big smile.
1: All righty. I'm ready to come back. Oh, yeah. I love that. I love this tradition on your podcast.
0: Yeah, it's just something nice. And also because Peace Lab you know, is in a way dedicated to find more peace and calmness in our busy modern life. How mm. well, I do this mostly through um, combining neuroscience science, um, knowledge and information together with the beautiful Eastern wisdom traditions such as mindfulness and meditation, but mm. it's not for everyone. Everyone's different. So it's just something I do here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I love, love it. I love it. I think it's one of the things that I've, I've been trying to do more recently especially because I've, I've, I've found myself, at least, I don't know about others, but I found myself um, surrounded by a lot of noises throughout the day and, you know, working and, and being on video calls and not really going out, you know, especially when Melbourne weather was really bad or, you know, when there were protests everywhere. Um, so I just try to, you know, in the morning do similar things like you just did. And I think it's really beautiful. And the thing that kind of popped into my mind earlier in my intention for this um, chat, and I, and I hope that we will we'll achieve that, is um, a lot of sharing. That's what that's what I would love to do, and you know, this is going to be really vulnerable for me to to share as well. But oh. I, I really hope that's going to be helpful for others. So that's the intention.
0: I'm honored, Lou. Yeah. yeah. So talking about sharing, and I know we both, you know, both of us were actually international students. And that's in a way how we met because we worked on some projects for international Mm. students. I was from China. I came here to study law. Mm. And I'm curious about your journey, how it has taken you from where you were then and how you you have come to the point now. Mm. Please share with me and the audience, maybe, you know, uh, when did you come and where did you come from? And why did you pick to
1: study in Melbourne? Mm. Oh, oh man trip back to to about three and a half years ago. So I'm originally from Vietnam, beautiful country. Um, I really miss home a lot these days because of COVID. Um, And I moved here in 2018. So it's been three and a half years of a lot of experiencing and trying out new things. And I think one of the things that I really want to share with everyone is Melbourne has really changed me in a really positive way. Or- and i guess that's um i guess that's the reason why i chose melbourne because right. you know there are a lot of there are a lot of great cities in the world and mm-hmm. you know of, of course you know back then uh, melbourne was the most livable city um, <laughs> in the world so you know it's it's probably like one of a, a no brainer but i think um uh, some other factors, and I I always share this when I talk to people, is that when I was deciding where to, to go study abroad, it was kind of like it was kind of like my one shot to change my life, basically, because um, you know my family's not well off, and and for my family to make this decision of sending me to Australia, it's, it's actually a pretty big decision. Mm-hmm. So choosing a city is really important, and I guess um, Melbourne is it's peaceful in my opinion, you know, as, as far as my research went back then, um, it's really peaceful. I, I just absolutely love the diversity in this city. And I think when it comes to like cities in the world, like a lot of people are saying, asking me like, why aren't you going to the US or, or Europe? And, and I guess those are valid questions, but mm. I, I guess there's something about Melbourne that just really drew me here and mm. it, it grounds me in a way and it allows me to be myself. And that was what I was looking for. And and I got it. So, I, I'm just but, I'm
0: curious. I want to yeah. kind of go a bit deeper. Mm. Um, you mentioned about that was a one shot, and mm. I remembered. You know why I wanted to come to study in Australia? I had a similar sense of feeling. So, mm. why did you wanted to leave Vietnam um, mm. at that young age?
1: Yeah, yeah, I was pretty young, I guess. <laughs> 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 I think, I think I have always been. A person that thrives for more in my life and I know that my life hasn't been that long compared to um, a lot of other professionals but I I guess of course you know you have your journey right and and when I looked back on my journey I was thinking I was actually really restless back then because I was doing an undergrad at a top university in Vietnam like it was it was like oh God, really, really awesome. And um, it looks awesome to other people, but I just honestly didn't feel anything. I honestly didn't feel like I was achieving anything. I, I didn't feel like I was inspired or motivated. And there were, there were a lot of issues that I won't, I won't say here because yeah, that's a rabbit hole for another day. But I guess that was what really drove me to be determined to go somewhere else and to open my eyes to a different world because you know, like I always love traveling, but living in a different country and a different city is a big deal. It is, it's it's definitely very different from, Mm. you know, just traveling and, and just taking your mind off your worries. And yeah, I guess, yeah, that's probably the biggest reason. Yeah. So striving
0: for more. So I'm curious because you were young when you like similar to me, when I left China, were mm-hmm. you excited or were you uh, leaving the country with trepidation? I think everyone has a different story and different answer. Let yeah. me have a guess. I think my guess would be you were actually very excited to come to Oh, Melbourne.
1: oh yeah. Oh yes, absolutely. You're right. <laughs> I was thrilled. I was so excited. I couldn't wait to leave. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that was basically the gist. Uh, but yeah, I, I can share some, some more as well um, as to my journey because I think that's one of the things that that you mentioned earlier that that you would love for me to share so
0: yeah
1: I guess I can I can say that at the start it was pure excitement just Mm -hmm. I was just thrilled I didn't think about anything because you know like you know it's my my chance to spread my wings and fly basically a lot of my peers had already been like you know traveling abroad living in different countries um because you know like a lot of people chose to go doing the undergrad somewhere else I wasn't doing that and I felt like I was behind I was like oh so excited to finally be able to do that and then I think around six months into Melbourne Australia I was probably going through a little bit of a crisis um, because the excitement as we know fades um, once (laughs) you've settled (laughs) and you you start to face with a lot of challenges and and questions especially if you want more Mm. And I remember, this is something I I distinctly remember. I was talking to one of my peers at uni and she just wanted to finish her degree and go home straight away.
0: Mm. That was
1: it. For me, it's different. Like it's completely different. I was, when I was talking to her, I just couldn't understand, but I guess, you know, we're all different, right? But then it just helped me to reflect on what I wanted to do. And I realized, oh, you know what? I don't want to do that. I want to make the most of my time here who knows how many years i have in melbourne right in my 20s so i want to make the most of it and i was in the crisis because international students wise um, and you know like for for most of us we are aware it's really hard to find opportunities indeed you just don't have local experience and that's a given if you just move to this country you have zero local experience. Even if you had years and years of experience back in your home country, it's a zero start when you move to a new city. Especially like a, like a competitive one like Melbourne. You know, it, it's a peaceful city, but when you think about it, it's pretty competitive. It is. Everyone wants opportunities. And I was never competitive, me as a person. You know, like, I mean, I could be competitive in games, but <laughs> in terms of like opportunities, I just, I just don't think of myself as the one that would like, you know, like do whatever it takes or like, I don't know, like um, trip my, my peers so that I could get that or, yeah. you know, like, yeah, it's just all of those things just didn't felt feel right for me back in the day. And yeah, like that crisis actually really helped because when I was in that crisis, I was thinking, oh my gosh, like I'm one or two semesters in and I'm not doing anything. And I, I talked to my family because I told you, right, it was kind of like my one shot and i was talking to my family and they was they were freaking out cuz they were like what are you doing like are you working are you like doing internship anything i didn't do anything back in the first and second semester i guess because everything was new i just wanted to experience and i was getting used to everything and you know because i was excited i just wanted to explore like go to different cafes in melbourne find out about different events and i just didn't really care about professional development I guess well um, which was a mistake but it, it's a mistake that I had to make so and then you know, what, that happened
0: what's the turning point then
1: yeah yeah you could say that for sure <laughs> and yeah but it, it was really important that I went through that period because it was like pretty much the same the same thing I did when I was in Vietnam you know I just didn't really care about networking professional development uh because I wasn't competitive right I just thought my mindset back in the day was like, you know what? If I'm, if I'm good, people will come to me. But it's not actually like that. If you are good, you need to demonstrate that you are. Otherwise, people won't know. It's just as simple as that. Yeah. So yeah, and, and then I guess it was a turning point. And then I, I started to really open my mind and, and open up to other people as well. Because I am a big time introvert. So I just don't no. really... <laughs> <laughs> I just don't really talk to others very often, apart from my close friends. Um, so I started to network. I started to go out and meet people. Of course, this is pre-COVID we're talking about, right? So I know it's very, very different now for a lot of international students. Um, and I've noticed that. But you know, from my journey, even if it's in a virtual world, I think it's, it's still important. You know, You have to network. You have to be out there and just really show up you have to show up for yourself first and foremost. So that's what I did. And I'm really glad I did all of that. You know, I started my podcast for God's sake, you know, like in, in the middle of all of that. And um, yeah, like I got opportunities. I met amazing people. And of course I, I met challenging people too, but you know, all, all of that really taught me a lot. And I'm a much stronger person, I guess, thanks to all of that.
0: Right. I'm, I'm really curious about, because I found, with a lot of international students you know, uh, now talking to you without you telling me the story, without you sharing it, mm. my simple assumption would be, oh, it must be easy for Lou. You know what I mean? Like, you know, now <laughs> yeah, yeah. talking about podcasts, you, you yeah. work, you build. So mm. the, the, the assumption most likely, you know, people would have made about you, about me, will be like, oh, it must be easy journey for you or for her. Mm. but. Underneath that appearance is actually a lot of challenges, and I definitely echo that because for me, you know, um, again, everyone's different. I came here to study undergrad s- degree, so it was a master. So while I was sitting, I remember for me the vivid um, rem- um, the memory I can always recall on is my first law class at Melbourne Law School. I just remember that you know I called my mom afterwards. I said I don't think I can do this because I do not even understand. What well, the lecture was talking about in my very first class. And uh, so that was a lot of the barriers for students to overcome, like us, you know, because when English is not a first language, when, um, you know, it's, it's, you don't have the family support, it takes a lot of time to build that. And for yeah. you to, for example, you know, go out and about, it's confronting. And I remember, you know, I always questioned, well, did I say the right thing? Did I use the right words? And you know, I was very conscious. Mm-hmm about my English, yeah. for example, you know, even even volunteering, I was am I good enough for the role? You know, because you're mm. competing in that context, not just with international students. A lot of time you might be competing with the local students as well. But oh, yeah I think it's it's part and pass of kind of a building that inner resilience but also mm. that self-confidence. You have to go through the mistakes and the even failures, what we term them, but at the end of the day, I think there are great and valuable lessons in them. And that's what takes them to the point. And now mm-hmm. you share about it and, you know, share your experiences with other students and, and to encourage them to do the same.
1: Mm, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. 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 So, I mean, um, again, you know, for you now, do you feel Melbourne's your home now? Oh,
1: yes, absolutely. It's my freaking home. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm, I'm not even thinking of it as a city that I moved to anymore you know it's just it comes so naturally now and
0: and would your parents yeah. and
1: family say like you know from
0: as you mentioned the, the last phone call they were like what are you doing how are you doing <laughs> what well, now
1: how do they see you back home oh it's 180 degree my friend it's very different now that yeah I I noticed that when I talked to my mom in particular because you know like I this is what I tell a lot of people, when I, when I share about my journey, I already had my doubt when I was here first. And then it was my doubt from my family, right? So more doubts, um, but now that I have been able to, to as you were saying rightfully earlier, I was resilient through all of that. And um, of course it's, it's been one hell of a journey, but now when I talk to them, everything has changed. My mom, she just doesn't question a lot. Um, as much as she used to at least and she trusts in my ability to do things and she believes that I could do more and you know she really trusts that Melbourne is my home and you know she encourages me to make it my home basically so it's a very different conversation oh that's beautiful
0: that's really beautiful and how do you see, because you know, you've been here only for three and a half years. I've been here coming to 20 years. Oh, gosh, that's a long time, actually, now I say out loud.
1: Um, oh, my God.
0: I yeah. know. I know. Could be, could be you for the next t- 20 years as well, Lou. You, know, you love this. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. um, really, again, very curious about the past two years, because you've been mm-hmm. here and a half, and a, a certain or large proportion of this period of time was actually when we are going through COVID. Right. Mm, so yeah. how as someone was a new migrant or still new, new, new ish to a mm. foreign country and foreign city, how did you navigate or you know, are you navigating um, through this very challenging period of time for many people? And I'm also yeah. on that point broadly for the students you might be working with in your day job. How do you see the impact of
1: COVID, the pandemic, upon students as well? Maybe yeah. your personal experience. Mm. Well, I guess there, there are there two parts to that. So part one is my experience. So my experience is a bit different because I had already graduated, and I guess this is important for any students going through the similar same thing, which is upon graduation the last thing you want is to enter a pandemic, right? So that's what I did. I graduated into a pandemic. that was kind of like my celebration. Um, so obviously for you know like job searching, um, finding my ways and navigating through all of that challenges it was definitely really really tricky, of course, as I mentioned because it's already hard and I know I know that I have to actually go back a little bit. It's already hard for a local to find find a job, let alone. An international student, fresh graduate, now becoming a new expat in this country that you just basically don't have previous experiences or network, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it was kind of interesting because I, I was actually not like scared for some weird reason. I was like, you know, I, I, was, I was graduating and then um, I was thinking, oh, you know what? I'm just going to take some time, like, you know, a month or two, just to reflect on my journey as a student. And that was a little bit before the pandemic. And then I visited my family, came back to Australia and headed straight into a lockdown. So that was, you know, kind of like how my graduation and transition um, into the workforce kind of went. It was very interesting. And I remember being really excited because I thought it was kind of like one of those moments where you just kind of went, you know what? (laughs) It's a global pandemic, but I don't think I'm going to die or anything. Um, I'm just interested to see where life takes me basically. Right. So that was, that was my attitude back in in the day. And I was like, I don't know how I got that attitude to be honest. I was just like, yeah, like I I still remember I was very, uh, I was very like light. I felt really light, even though we were entering a pandemic and I didn't basically didn't really have a job at the time.
0: Right.
1: Yeah. So that's part one of what I wanted to say. And I think, I guess that, that attitude really helped me to get what I wanted, and my life completely changed. Yeah, I want
0: um, say something here, because um, in part of the Pace Lab classes I teach, there's hmm. a, always, I use this term called a beginner's mind. Mm. it's the mind about open-mindedness and like childlike mind mm. you look at things you don't know you don't judge it's gonna be bad you're like oh i'll wait and see when you were sharing your experiences like all your attitude at the start of pandemic it just reminded me that was very much like a beginner's mind you were like oh mm. i'll just see how it goes because the philosophy yeah. says when you have a beginner's mind you're actually more open and more receptive and you actually can welcome and uh, embrace more opportunities you know you're mm. not in that crisis mode because yeah. most of us i was you know i had a job but then i did um feel a lot of anxiety at the start mm. of the pandemic so that mm. was very interesting you know even though you, maybe you didn't intention to overthink it but somehow that attitude as you said
1: might have helped you mm. yeah so What's the part two then mm. yeah so yeah, that, that was part one. And then part two was actually when I navigated through this pandemic, um, which is, you know, like I pretty much went to the lockdown um, and then I got a job. How crazy is that? I didn't How even did apply- you do that? That's I, not heard off, okay. I, I didn't even apply for the job, by the way. So basically this is what, what I said earlier. You have to network, you have to open your mind and you have to put yourself out there. So I did all of that pre-COVID. And then once COVID hit, it was actually really hard for people to hire people, right? Because, hey, it's like a new world here. Everyone's navigating through a virtual working environment. It was really new for everyone. And then the people that I networked with thought of me and they thought, hey, why don't we give her a shot? Cause she was pretty great back then that, that when we collaborated with her and now it's a global pandemic. So I was applying for jobs But then I actually stopped for like a week or two, and then I got that offer, and I was like, "Is this fate? Maybe." And it was like, it was actually my dream job. Hey, so pretty, pretty cool. Um, Yes, that happened, Uh, and I guess that that's a really nice segue into the part two that I was talking about because my job is not working directly with international students, but my job is important because. I'm, I work with industry. So basically, it's industry engagement. And as I mentioned before, as international students, we don't have a lot of opportunities. This is not a plug for my job, by the way, just for context, because there's no opportunity. It's, it's kind of my mission. I'm on a mission to change employer's mind about working with international students.
0: Oh, I, I know that's a reality because I yeah. went through that and how little opportunities are out there, as you said, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The yeah. First, the first yeah. There is the domestic students, but for international students, you know, a lot of us face the issue when we first enter the the job market is the visa condition. You know, that's mm. from employers' perspective, they tend to prefer hiring more local or people with a permanent residency visa. Exactly. And for that reason, and I, I do share the sentiment that actually compared to when you're studying at school. And then when you left, you know, when you're you know, out of school, it's actually more challenging to be that kind of in the limbo because you're no longer a student anymore. Mm-hmm. But you still know you're you still not part of the main society. And I struggled when I finished law school. I couldn't find a job. It took mm-hmm. me almost a year. And uh, so I, I definitely think, you know, for a lot of students, and that's why when I had the opportunity to collaborate Uh, with your uh, industry engagement uh, kind of a platform, Mm. I know it's such important initiative for students. And I was feeling, I remember a few years ago when um, your work first approached the um, Peace Lab for engagement for students, Mm. my genuine feeling was, wow, I wish I had the opportunity when I was a student. Yeah. good
1: for you guys and good for your mission. It's very Mm. important. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, like... Work-wise, I just, I feel really grateful anytime any I, time I meet any employers like you, you know? I know that because you are an international student, you have that sort of empathy, but I've also been able to talk to multiple local businesses who have zero link to international students or, you know, like international staff or people, which is basically like purely 100% um, local business and just work with local people. And when I talk to them, it's kind of my mission to, to convince them that, hey, this is a great opportunity for you to actually work with this amazing team of international students. And I feel like anytime I get a yes, which is actually like, you know, like 95% of the time, which is really great. It's a it's a sense that I'm helping the community because I'm not working with international students directly, but I'm helping to change the the, the probably the root cause of why they don't get opportunity. And I guess that, that is something that is really important, and I've also worked with a couple of international student teams um, because, you know, like we have things that we want to do as well, and there are things that I want to research myself, and I want to give that opportunity to international students. And recently, I, our team have hired two, two international students, um, and you know, I I just feel so amazing when when that happens because we can only do that thanks to that collaboration before as you know similar to when you hired hensi which is something that we talked about um you know in our previous collaboration right and that was such an awesome thing to hear and i guess you gotta work through a lot of different steps for that to happen but i i think my work is meaningful to me at least um and i'm able to observe what's happening with international students through that industry engagement aspect. And whenever I hear a client come back to me and say, Hey, this team is brilliant. They are amazing. I just feel really happy oh. and I feel at peace, you know, because I'm helping people that are like me, um, you know, just two years ago. So yeah, that's, that's what I've been noticing. And I think that international students in, pan, in the pandemic, they actually have great resilience because, you know, they're still positive and still really eager to look for opportunities. And from the teams that I've worked with and from the teams that I've heard other clients work with, I, I all, always hear positive experiences. And, you know, that's something that I'm so thrilled to wake up to every day.
0: Mm, that's beautiful to hear. And I feel the same thing. I think maybe in one way, international students, have. We just have to be resilient because they left their home country without a lot of family and friends support. You know, the moment they landed in this country, they have to build that kind of resilience from inside out to make sure they can carve our new path in this foreign land and foreign city. So I do think, you know, whenever I work with students, I felt there's a lot of diversity, not just in terms of cultural, racial background, but also from the thinking, because everyone brings in their own sets of personal experiences and their challenges, which make them kind of more mature sometimes more resilient in tackling a lot of problems and I think you know even in the in the age of pandemic I felt the same same way about a lot of students because they've already had their own sets of challenges prior COVID and for them in a way for, for a lot of them it's not something more challenging it's just like for them the mentality is it is just another difficulty we can tackle It that's fine. Um, But I'm just curious about with the students, do you think um, with the isolation, a lot of students, are they currently stuck in their home country or even with the students you're currently working with, are they working on the projects for the local employers from their home-based country or are the majority of them actually in Melbourne as well?
1: Yeah, great question. It's actually 50-50 from what I've seen. Um, so one of the coolest things that I, I heard on one of the calls that we did recently was, I guess, I think there are six members from that team and they're in four different locations. Oh, I love it. I like that. Yeah. And I, I just think that this is not actually a challenge, but an opportunity. Indeed. Yeah. Because look at how we are working now. You know, yeah. we're, we're collaborating virtually and these students have the chance to go through the exact same thing. And I personally think that you, like, no amount of like experience on your resume could compare to collaborate with a global team in a global pandemic. I think that's the coolest thing. Mm. Yeah.
0: I agree. I agree. That's a very good point, actually, when you think about it. So in the corporate world, you know, for my lawyer job, we we actually joke about how the corporate has been transformed, you know, the digital transformation actually has been brought on by COVID-19. And the last year, I still remember in March, we'll have to pack our bags to go home to work from home. And um, you know the IT departments of all major business have to work very hard to, to make that happen. And even in uh, legal education last week, I spoke to um, a, a senior lecturer from Melbourne Law School. They were talking about legal education has been completely transformed also to online in a way, thanks to COVID. And as you just saying now, you know, in the past when I collaborate with your, uh, your work, it was tend to be in person. But now last year I did, Entirely online as well, and really doesn't affect, in my view, the quality of the work. So, but for the students, it's amazing they can collaborate with students across different time zones, and that's actually the reality of the world these days, you know, the reality of businesses. So, they do get that real life experiences in in enjoying the program and hopefully gaining that experience as well.
1: Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I wanted to kind of
0: circle back to you again. Right. Um, I mean, from last year to now, and this is a question, again, I ask um, every single guest coming on to the conversation, Yeah. because I felt for us, you know, this pandemic, and especially for Mel- Melbourneians, now we're in our number six lockdown. It has been quite draining. Um, but then I'm really curious about everyone, you know, I'm, I'm really curious to learn, despite the chaos of the COVID-19 pandemic, What's your biggest learning, or do you actually see any benefits or blessing in disguise from your experience
1: of COVID? Mm. Oh, great question. I have to say that uh, maybe this might be controversial, but I guess the past two years have been the best two years of my life. Uh, For a lot of people, it's the complete opposite, I I know. But that's your truth, that's your reality. Yeah. But for me, It's been the best two years of my life because I personally entered my, I think, adulthood in in the sense that I'm adulting by myself. And I had always wanted to live by myself and and do my things and just adult, you know, and I started all that in this pandemic. I'm living by myself. I'm paying, paying my bills. I'm doing my things. working on my projects. I have my own space and I'm basically, I have my time to myself. I love my friends, but sometimes it's just too hard to connect all the time and go out all the time, especially as an introvert. So it, it definitely does um, affect, you know, friendships and, and myself a little bit that we cannot catch up in person as much as we used to definitely. But For me personally, I have learned to radically accept everything that happens and um, I have had this space to myself to actually work on my projects, reflect on my journey and and think about what I want to do with my life. And I guess to have that luxury when you first begin your career is actually quite cool to me at least. Because I started my career in this pandemic. So there's definitely been a lot of things on my mind. And and like you were saying earlier, digital transformation happened um, rapidly, you know, and way more than the past, thanks to this pandemic. And to me, in my brain, even before I started my career, I had always questioned the idea of nine to five, as in you have to go to your office, sit at a desk, you know, like your designated desk, whatever that might be from 9 AM to 5 PM. And I, I had always questioned that because all I wanted to do was do good work, meaningful work, but I am the kind of person that needs the space to myself from time to time. I love my colleagues, but it doesn't mean that I want to be surrounded by them mm. eight hours every single work day. <laughs> yes. So I guess this pandemic has been quite awesome for me personally. Uh, of course, you know, like things happen, and you know, like my my family just went through a really long lockdown as well. So um, there are a lot of things that I wish hadn't happened, but I guess this pandemic has definitely taught us a lot. And for me personally, I have really gained so much compared to to what people would think that I that I or anyone would lose.
0: Mm-hmm. And I
1: guess for me personally, it's just yeah, the best two years I've ever had, and I'm just very open and curious to see what's going to happen next, because even in a pandemic, I gained so much, right? So I could only imagine what would happen when we go back to normal. Now that we have learned all that we've learned, thanks to this pandemic, now that we know that we can collaborate online, we don't have to be at an office from nine to five, um, we could cu- curate meaningful relationships. I've, I've curated many meaningful friendships um, through screens and, and, you know, projects and I guess it's only the beginning.
0: That is so beautiful because when you were talking about about that two years, you know, the word I was thinking is the term rite of passage. I felt, as you were saying, you know, you're a young person, that's your first job, you know, without your family. But as if, you know, it was a, a sort of initiation for you to start to introduce, you know, from a student life into working life, living on your own, paying your bills, it's very empowering. So I think, you know, that Mm. sense of, you know, from my study with neuroscience, but also with the philosophies I enjoy reading, it is really not about events happening around us. It's really Mm. about our perspective. So as you said, that's why you caveat that quite accurately for me, what the it was the best two years and i think you shouldn't feel ashamed about it at all because it has provided you with such a tremendous opportunity and growth as well mm. and even for me when people ask me i also say the same thing i said you know the COVID, despite how hard and chaotic it has been for the world but personally for me my individual experience has been a way of reevaluating reprioritizing and uh, yes i've gained a lot as well you know so yeah so thank you for that and the of passage is the word kept popping up in my mind when you were sharing and i think that's just possibly a very beautiful way to conclude our conversation as well yeah thank wow. you Lou. and beautiful uh, yeah it is beautiful and i feel very <laughs> It's just something yeah when you're saying that about you know that two years yeah you know, in my mind that just that passage of you from uh, maybe a girl and you know to a woman a working woman independent you know and I like yeah. attitude of that striving for more like you know looking yeah. for that beginner's mind again And like what you. can I yeah. look forward to when we go you know into the world again mm. and do you see more possibility more than anything else? Yeah. That's you. beautiful, Lou. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. Thank you, Ella. I oh. do expanded. You know, as I said, I oh I, yeah. I have clouds and blue sky in my head. I feel that sense of expansion. Yeah. But now at the point that we need to say goodbye, I feel
1: very expanded. Yeah. And thank you so much, Lou. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. This is actually the first time i'm on somebody else's podcast you know I, I was always in your shoes so this is new to me and i've had a really really great experience i'm so glad that i could share my story and and be really vulnerable i think this is the first time that i've been that vulnerable so yay no worries Lou. thank you
0: and uh, we'll chat soon bye bye <laughs> Thank you again for tuning in and spending time with me. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Be sure to tune in again next week. And if you do have any questions and comments, please feel free to leave a message. Take care and catch you at the next Peace Lab podcast.